Hey, fabulous listener. If you want to become a powerful and profitable trauma-informed coach, my business partner, Kushla, and I have a special free five-day training starting next Monday, April 29th. To join us, you can simply message me the word powerful at Erin Anderson Trauma Coach on Instagram or on Facebook, you can find me at Erin Anderson Betrayal Trauma Coaching and we'll send you the details so you can join us. We're going to be sharing some special training on our body, mind, energy approach to help clients have faster shifts and healing and how we make a consistent five figures each month as trauma-informed coaches. So if that sounds like something you or someone you know may like, make sure you come join us for this five-day challenge. We're going to be sharing more in there than most paid programs. Welcome to the other side of the struggle. This is a podcast where we talk about trauma, how to heal it, and then how to take it and use it to unlock your mission and your potential and to use it to live your very best dream life. When you're dealing with betrayal trauma, it can be hard to know how to heal it, how to stop the pain, and to know what your next steps are to take in your own life. And these are the questions that we try to answer here. Trauma has the ability to rob us of our joy and identity, which is why it's so miserable to experience. But with the right tools and with the right mindset, we can totally reclaim that joy and even use this trauma to strengthen ourselves so that way trauma does not knock us off of our joy again. Living your dream life should be a non-negotiable, but trauma tends to try to negotiate that with you. And even though trauma is not something that we will completely ever be free of in our life, the pain is negotiable. This is why I created Erin Anderson Betrayal Trauma Coaching and this podcast is because I want my listeners, I want my clients to live, truly live free from the prison that trauma can put you in. I want you to live on the other side of the struggle. Okay, my loves, I got to ask you just really quick. Would you like to learn the keys that it takes to overcome money trauma and to start earning some really awesome cash so you can build some wealth, you can pay off those stinking bills, and so that way you can really start to make some decisions for yourself and for your family, and so you can lean into more of what it is you really want to do and create with your life trauma-free. If you do, then I've got some really good news for you. I have a three-day event coming up. It's going to be online, so anyone, anywhere can attend. It's going to start September 11th at 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. And we're going to go over the three keys 
to creating lasting and sustaining wealth. And guys, it's actually crazy easy. A lot of the things that we think are keeping us from making massive, massive decisions, massive, massive goals, and keeping us stuck in the mire and the mud of trauma in life, actually, there's usually a simple answer. And so I really want to give that answer to you. If you would like to come to this event, let me give you the information really quick. You're going to want to go to erinanderson.cartra.com forward slash page forward slash three keys to create lasting wealth. I'll make sure to link this in the description below for you guys for today's podcast. Make sure you go check that out. Get a spot. Come join us. The seating is limited. And I will see you on the other side. Welcome back to another episode of The Other Side of the Struggle. I have with us, obviously, another one of my very fabulous collaborators uh, for the upcoming Rejuvenate You uh, event happening March 7th, 8th, and 9th, 2024 in Provo, Utah. Uh, this is Bonnie Roberts. Um, I am just loving getting to know her. She's a lot of fun. She's super cute. And I really love her passion about self-love. And I'm going to let her get into that in just a second. But uh, just a little bit about Bonnie. She's the self-talk Sherpa. And she's a mama for a lover of poetry. But um, the thing that I really love about her is that her zone of genius is using the imagination, creativity, and play. And if you guys know me well enough, you know that that is one of my pillars of healing, right? Is that big play piece and um you know she uses these things to help you clear up confusion about who you are and that's such an amazing realization you know and it's so important I think for you to understand the truth of who you are in order for you to I'll have to edit that out but it's so important for you to be able to understand who you are in order to heal from trauma. So without further ado, Bonnie, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me on here. You're welcome. Okay, so tell us a little bit about you and your story and like why you're so passionate about like bringing this light into the awareness. Yeah, so I was married for 14 years um, when I had my four amazing children. And I got, I was actually five years ago this month that my husband left me and then we divorced the following year. Um, it took, it took me a while to commit to that divorce, but, um, that, that marriage did not end suddenly. It was a very slow, painful death over many, many years. And and part of the uh, part of the struggle in that relationship was was his addiction to porn, mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll never forget the night that he told me that he had lost his job, and he was just 
he was just a shell of a man, um, completely broken and crumpled. And, and I, and when he told me the reason he lost his job was because he was, he couldn't not look at the porn at work and they mm-hmm. found it on his computer. Um, and he was in human resources, like he was the human resources manager. So that was, so that was completely not tolerated. And he was just fired on the spot. So it was really, it was really sudden. And I was not able to hold space. Looking back, I wish I could have been in a place where I could have shown up for him in such a dark time for him. But because it was such a shock to me, because I had, I had, I had no clue. I did not see it coming. I should have seen all the signs, right? Looking Mm -hmm. back, it's so obvious that that's what was going on. But I was so oblivious that it was a complete shock to me. So I was going through my own emotional experience of how could he do this to me? How could he betray me this way? And that that I that I couldn't show up to support him in, in in this hard time. Like I wish I. I wish I could have. Right. And if I, and if I had been aware, I think I really could have seen what was going on um, beforehand. Yeah. Yeah. But because I didn't have, because I didn't have the self love and I was depending on him 100% for being loved. Then when that rug got pulled out from under me, there was nothing. I had nothing to fall back on. And so, and so now when I've learned to cultivate love for myself, no matter what, it doesn't matter what anybody else does because I always have that foundation inside myself Mm. and being single right now, I am fine. (laughs) Right. A relationship someday. Yes. And I'm working on, I'm working on preparing myself for that, but I don't need it because I have the love for myself that I've, that I've uh, developed over the, over the past few years. I love that. And you know, that is so incredibly important because, you know, that's one of the things I talk about a lot is just this idea that if you're going to heal from any kind of trauma, you know, whether it be betrayal trauma, relational trauma, money trauma, uh, there's, there's trauma from relationships where, you know, there's a CEO and they get betrayed by their counterparts, right? Trauma happens in relationships a lot, unfortunately. But when you have that foundation of a deep self-love, anything that comes into your sphere is always filtered through that. And therefore, you know, you're not so reactive to certain things. You're able to stand in a place of power a place of self-realization and you know just kind of like me um what brought that into me was I, I call it the god goggles you know where god gave me the opportunity to see myself the way he sees me Ooh. oh it was so cool it was so cool and it's it's an opportunity like it, like it's something that i will never be able to deny you yeah. know not that i want to deny that but it does, it anchors you very deeply into some really beautiful healing. Yes. You know what I mean? 
I love that word anchor. You will always have that anchor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I've had I've had a couple of experiences like that too. It's like the your north star. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It totally is. It's like where your guidance is, right? Mm-hmm. Totally. So tell us, and we're, we kind of got into this a little bit already, but to you, why is self-love so important when it comes to healing betrayal trauma? Yeah, so the word self-love, the, that's, that term is thrown around a lot. Um, and I think a lot of people see it on a really superficial level. Oh, like, just go take bubble baths and, and have the chocolate cake if you want it and, and pamper yourself. It's like, no, that is not. <laughs> that's that not would like be, a small piece to it. Yeah, that would be equivalent to thinking that romantic love is just bringing flowers and chocolates on Valentine's Day. Like, it's real love is so much deeper than that. Yeah. To really love someone, you have to know them on a soul level. Mm-hmm. You have to understand the creature that they are. Yeah. So the same goes for yourself. If you don't understand what kind of creature you are and your gifts and strengths and the things that um, hold you back and your dreams and passions and, and your wounds and what has hurt you. If you don't understand all of that, how could you possibly love yourself? So you really have to start there with who am I and really get clear on that before you can have that deep kind of love for yourself. Yeah. That accepts all of it as a whole, the light and the dark, right? Mm-hmm. Because yeah. the light and the dark together make up your wholeness. Yeah. Well, and you know, I think that comes into this, like some self-forgiveness principles too. You know what I yes. mean? Uh, I love what you were saying just a minute ago about like love is not just about the chocolates and the flowers, right? It, it's It's about encompassing the entire person. And that is so true, especially when it comes to loving yourself. You know, uh, we have been taught that love is a conditional thing, <laughs> right? But that would be like saying, okay, well, if God is love, then he's there sometimes. Yeah. Right? And that's not the truth. Love is something that is very consistent. It's always there no matter what. And when we turn that idea onto ourselves and in, inward, you know, forgiving ourselves for our, our missteps and, and not quite understanding ourselves as well as what we had wanted to. Who says it was a misstep? What if it was the step you needed and it only looks like a misstep, but it was actually exactly where you needed to go? You know, yeah. who says? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, it, you know, that that is true. That really is true. And the thing is, is like, you know, I I think about like Alma the Younger, right? Or for some people that are listening to this podcast, it could be Saul, right? Both of them are very similar stories. Yeah. And you think about like all of the stuff Saul did and how he was like actively out trying to destroy the followers of Christ, right? But that was so necessary to his journey. You know, we look at that and we're like, oh, that's bad. That's bad. That's bad. And yes, that needs to change. Right. But it gave him a very unique perspective. Yes. And look at the passion that he had. He was passionate about destroying something. 
And all he had to do was shift through his spiritual experience. But he still had that passion. Mm-hmm. But now he's he's putting his passion toward building something instead of destroying something. Yeah. So God just used that passion and just tweaked his perspective a little bit. And okay, you're going in this direction. Let's get you going in this direction instead. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and he became like one of the most powerful, like he wrote like easily like 60% of the New Testament, right? Yeah. Like if we're going to get honest here, most of it is written by him. And so that like, and today, thousands of years later, we still know this guy. Yep. All because of a shift of perspective. Right. Best-selling, best-selling book in history. <laughs> there you go. The bestseller. I love it. I have people come to me all the time. They're like, what is the best book for healing betrayal trauma? And I'm like, the scriptures go to it. <laughs> right. Cause it truly is. It really is. Yes. But so here's the question for you. Um, you know, you're thinking about Saul and, and like all these things, like we can easily apply that to uh, the people that we feel are giving us the betrayal. Right. Right. That, hey, you know what? Actually, they might something. shift. They're doing something to mm-hmm. us, right? But how would we apply that to our own story? So how do you feel about boundaries? It's a legitimate question. A lot of people come to me really struggling with this concept. They often feel guilty for setting boundaries or they're not sure about even what a boundary is. You know, they've heard the term, set the boundary, things like that, but that's really confusing for them because it's not something that's well taught in our society nowadays, right? They know that boundaries are really important to having healthy, constructive, supportive, and wonderful relationships, but why? And oftentimes, they also know that they feel like their boundaries are being violated, but they can't quite pinpoint what the boundary is that's being violated. That's why I've created the Clarifying and Creating Your Boundaries free PDF. You can find out what your boundaries are, how to tune in to what the boundary needs to be, and how to effectively create and communicate your boundary so that way you stay in this place that respects you, respects the other person, but also gives you the confidence in your boundaries so that way you stop being gaslighted, disrespected, and unseen. Having your boundaries really clear gives you a voice and also helps the other person stay in accountability with themselves. So that's not a role that you have to take on anymore. So if you are ready to really have clear boundaries, to really understand what your role is in the boundary, and to give yourself some safety and some protection against people that might try to gaslight you or are just being disrespectful, go grab my Creating and Clarifying Your Boundary PDF at AaronAndersonTheTraumaCoach.com. And while you're there, let's schedule a call with me. Come have a chat with me so that way I can really, really help you master this particular skill, creating boundaries, clarifying the boundary, communicating that boundary. And so that way I can also help you have relationships that show up to support you, cherish you, and love you.
Yeah, because we have we have our own inner we have our own inner bad guys that we see as that we see as hurting us or criticizing us or sabotaging us, right? Mm-hmm. And I believe all those parts inside of us are really just trying to help. And when it seems like they're when it seems like they're being hurtful, it's just because they've taken on an extreme role mm-hmm. because of something in our childhood where they felt like I, I have to protect this helpless child. So the parts of us step forward into these extreme roles that they don't even want. Right. Mm-hmm. And because they feel like they have to, mm-hmm. they have mm-hmm. to, they have to antagonize, they have to criticize whatever it is. Right. Um, but when we get in there and we talk to them and say, hey, what, what are you afraid would happen if you didn't, if you didn't um, berate me every time I ate sugar, right? What mm-hmm. do you think would happen? And then they say something like, oh, I'm, I'm afraid that you would die of obesity like Aunt whoever. And so I'm trying to help you by getting you to stop putting the cake into your mouth by being really, really mean to you, because I really think that that would, would, would make you stop because I'm afraid, like, I'm afraid you're going to die, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And then, oh, okay. So that's why you're doing it. And it helps us to see the intention behind what's happening inside of us. And when we can see the positive intention, we can talk to ourselves and say, you know, you know what, that, that, uh, that criticism isn't really helping me because I already know. I shouldn't be doing this, but maybe you could help me in another way. And we can give that part a new job. And, and I've done this with my inner work. I've given these parts new jobs and they are so excited. Like, oh, I can actually be helpful. Once they realize they're not being helpful, they want to be helpful. Oh yeah. I love that piece. You know, because that's, that's, that's so true. Like, inherently and that's also like another way to start really understanding who you are right and that's that actually is getting us a little bit into the second pillar which is the bounce back right and that's that's really getting into understanding yourself right and understanding this vital piece that we actually don't want to be the ones causing our own betrayal we don't want to be self-betrayers no we actually want to be self-healers we want to be our own best friend we like if we go into the mountains and we have to live alone we want to actually like the person we have to live with right yes we want to be that way and so when we talk to those moving pieces like you were saying and realize that hey actually these people these pieces is these pieces of ourselves actually do want to have our own back Mm -hmm. makes a difference it kind of gives you a little bit of a new self-respect yes you know what i mean yeah and and you and you do have to acknowledge the whole system, like in a family, in a dysfunctional family, is it ever one person's fault? No, no, it's all, it's the interaction has become, has become extreme and problematic and all, there's all the trauma uh, underlying it, but it's never one person's fault. And mm-hmm. in betrayal in a marriage, it's so easy to blame the betrayer. Oh, it's right. their fault because they looked at the porn or they had the affair, right? But what what created the conditions that made that person go outside of the relationship to get their needs met? 
it's not the other person's fault either. It's a dynamic in their relationship that polarized them in a certain direction that caused neither one to get their needs met, right? Mm -hmm. And so you get to acknowledge the dynamic and not be labeling people as good or bad. And so that happens inside of you too. You can't label your parts as good or bad. You have to get in there and look at the dynamic, find out what's going on. And then you're, when you're able to see the intentions there, then you can reach out and love. And then you can let, and this is my favorite thing about what I do is helping people lead themselves with the truest part of who they are. The mm-hmm. truest, deepest part is your best leader of the system that makes you, you. Mm-hmm. And so if you can get all of your parts to trust that, yes, then you can lead yourself in a place from a place of love and compassion and understanding instead of coercion and force and control. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. And you, you know, you're talking to like, you're literally hitting on every single one of my pillars at this point. Like, <laughs> you know, we're, we, we've l- talked about like that self, that trust, like how do we trust again? Right. That that lean into piece. Then, you know, like realizing like what our parts are, that's the ownership piece, right? These are all pieces of, the seven pillars. And the thing is, is it's so true. Like it's, I will be honest, it's not okay for someone to betray you in a marriage. It's, it's not definitely not okay, but people do not behave above what they believe about themselves. Yes. (laughs) Right. They just don't. And so for me, like you were saying, when I was a kid, you know, I, I had seen, uh, manipulation i had seen abuse i had seen coercion i had seen all of these things and to protect myself i had to realize or i had to think like a manipulator a controller an abuser i had to think yes. that way right and i didn't even protection. realize protection exactly had to get in their heads so you could anticipate going. yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and so when i got married and my husband brings you know his baggage along with him in order to clean up the baggage, I had to become the manipulator, the controller, the abuser, the like all of these things. Wow. And I didn't realize that's what I was doing. And I still at this day, I don't think that I was do I was being bad. Right. Yeah. It was. I, totally I was in that survival, too. <laughs> right. Yeah. Totally was. I was in survival mode. Like I'm desperate for love. So I'm going to manipulate you into loving me. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and like, we don't think about those things. Like saying that out loud sounds like, what, really? Like, what, really? Did I just say that, right? But we don't <laughs> say those things out loud. What we're saying instead is, this hurts. Yes. This hurts, this hurts, this hurts. Why can't I be loved? What is wrong with me? Why can't I be cherished? And so we do everything we possibly can do to try to milk every last little bit of drop out of it. And, you know, I think about, I don't know, have you seen that new mo- movie, Elemental, from Pixar? Not yet. It's actually pretty cute. I really liked it. And in the in the movie, um, towards the end, the the water guy that the fire falls in love with, he evaporates. And spoiler. they have to, spoiler alert, spoiler, <laughs> I'm sorry. But he does, he evaporates and they have to bring him back by extracting him condensing yeah condensing him and that's what i think that sometimes we we do with our relationships is we think that we can extract them condense them 
into their true selves and then I'll be okay, right? <laughs> and that's not that way at all. It's first and foremost letting you be you. Yes. And we, we're so focused on the other person. We we see the part that we felt fell, fell in love with, like their highest self, we see it, but and then we see them not showing up that way. And we're like, mm-hmm. I have to get them to, to go from here to here. And instead of realizing, no, my work is, is uh, developing myself to my fullest potential and showing up that, that way in the relationship, which inspires mm-hmm. that from them. Yes. We don't make them better. We make ourselves who we really are. And then they step up into their true self as well. Yes, totally. Exactly. Because we can't ever make somebody. We only, we only have... Like, this is the only person, and for those of you that are listening in, I'm, like, pointing to myself, right? (laughs) Majorly. This is the only person I have control over right here, right? I can't control my husband. I can't control you. I can't. I actually cannot control my kids. And I would not want to. No, it's too crazy. (laughs) I already tried that. Well, I already (laughs) tried that, and that was miserable. It was absolute misery trying to control someone else because... You can only control one person at a time. So if you're trying to control someone else, where does that leave you? Yep. And control is for a thing. We control things. I would not want to control myself because then I would miss out on all of the beautiful, surprising mysteries that make up who I am. If I, if all I did was control myself, there would be no magic. There would be no fascination. Mm-hmm. Same with other people. We don't know. How arrogant is it to think we know who they are? for one, and then to try to control them for two. How arrogant is that? (laughs) Right. And then we don't leave room for them to surprise us with who they really are. Oh, I love that. I really do love that. And that's so true, you know? And the thing is, is like, I think, you know, you're right. Like we can sit there and think we're controlling ourselves, but really it's more of a self-support. Self-support. Yes. And self-discovery and Mm self-exploration and things like that. And now, granted, I feel like you still have to be kind of careful with that because, you know, you don't want to get into self-destruction. That can, you know, if you, if you think of, like I think about people that, are like, too far. Yeah. <laughs> that have taken it way too far and they're out on this discovery, the self-discovery journey. Right. <laughs> I'm like, OK, you can well, put blinders on. <laughs> yeah, like we're going to put some blinders on on that one. But the truth of the matter is really the highest form of self-control is that self-support, that self-love, that self-awareness, that self, I love you. Right. Right. That really is the truth. But the thing is, is we don't, that also makes it true that when we are trying to force someone into better behavior and like, it's, it is true. Like, if my husband quits his pornography addiction or, or his gaming addiction or stops ignoring the family or would put his phone down for a bit, right? Like whatever is distracting him. And if he would focus his time, his love and his attention on us, that would make him happier and us happier. That is true. Yes. You can't force that. Nope. Or he, he will go further into the addiction 
Yes. Cope with the how the shame he feels from letting you down, or if you're overtly shaming him. Even if you're not overtly shaming him, if you're trying to change him, he will feel like there's something wrong with him and go more into that. Yes. The video game people accept him, right? Yeah. <laughs> the they do. the women in the porn videos can't reject him. <laughs> right. They yeah, he's irresistible actually in in those things. Mm-hmm. Yep. And and I'm not saying that we should just, you know, give them sex whenever they want to or anything like that. No, we still have to be true to ourselves. Yeah. But whenever you get into this idea of I'm going to control someone else so then I can feel better, what yeah. ends up happening is that's actually the highest form of self-betrayal. Yeah. Because it doesn't hurt anywhere near as badly when somebody comes up and betrays you as what it does when you betray yourself. Yes. You know, and I look at like Christ as this example, right? You think about Judas and, and the betrayal of in the garden. It still hurt Christ. It still hurt his heart. I know for a fact you can listen to the way he speaks and you can feel that ouch in there. But it doesn't knock him off of who he is yes. once. Because he's so very secure with that person. And he doesn't allow, like he doesn't even try to control Judas. He just tells him, go do what you're going to do. And he knows that he had a contract with Judas. Mm -hmm. That had to happen to bring about the, what had to happen. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. He needed someone to be in that, to play that role. And I'm sure he loved Judas for taking on the darkness of that role that needed to be played. Like, yeah. Like that is love. That is love that Judas had, that he was willing to do that. He wasn't conscious. I don't think when he chose it, but he chose it before as his role, I believe. Yeah. It's very likely. How courageous of him to do that. Yeah. And you know, and that's the other thing, too, is that, you know, I love that the Savior was actively out to, like, he was consciously out fulfilling Scripture. Yes. He knew the Scripture so well, and he knew what his journey was. And it wasn't like he just happened upon it. It was like, no, this is what the Scriptures say, so I better go do it. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so, so it was the same thing. He knew that this betrayal had to happen for him to actually ascend to being the Savior. Yes. And, and it so, helped him forgive the people who yeah. did Father, forgive them for they know what, not what they do. He, he got that. But what if that's true of everyone who hurts us? What yeah. if they really don't know what they're doing? Because if they did, would they, would they hurt us? I don't think so. But exactly. I don't, yeah, it's a deep topic. It, well, <laughs> yeah, it is a deep topic. And, you know, and I, I would actually agree with you. It's back to that whole people don't behave above what they believe about themselves. Mm-hmm. So if they actually understood the truth, would they still hurt you? Probably not. Mm-hmm. Some people might, but you know, there are people out there that do do that. But I think like the people that we interact with on a daily basis, I really, really don't think so. Yeah. And, and when I, so this is vulnerable, but I did have an emotional affair during my marriage and Was I doing that to hurt my husband? He was hurt by it. Mm -hmm. He was really hurt by it. Did I do it to hurt him? Of course not. I did it to try to 
because I had an unmet need and I, it met my needs so, so powerfully that it became an addiction and I didn't know how to stop. Mm-hmm. And I, I wasn't, I didn't have the power to stop by myself. And I'm, I'm so glad I had that experience because then I understood his porn addiction because before I had just said, well, just stop looking at it. Like, just don't do it. <laughs> I thought it was right. that easy, but it's not when something meets a need that strong, it's compelling. Like it controls you mm-hmm. because you've given your power to it. And I gave my power to that person to acknowledge me on such a level that I needed to be acknowledged, right? That, uh, that I couldn't stop sending the texts. I could not stop. And I, uh, I allowed myself to get caught because I knew that that was the only thing that would stop the inappropriate thing that was. I appreciate you sharing that because, you know, that actually brings a light into, you know, this piece that I talk about, which is the, the precursor to temptation is always worry. When we have an unmet need, it's because we worry that it will never be met. Yes. You know, and then yes. when we sit there and worry that it will never be met. Then that's when adversary gets to come in and he says things like, hey, I'll meet this need, but this is the price. Yes. And you'll grab the junk food. If you're starving, you'll grab the junk food. Even exactly. though you know it's terrible for you, it's there and you're hungry and you'll just grab it. Yeah, exactly. And so when we're very aware of our worries. And then we can sit there and say, like, I am worried I will never have enough money. I am worried that I will never be enough. I am worried that I will never have enough love from this marriage. I'm worried that I'll never have. And we, we, when we can actually sit down and get real with those pieces of us, then we can actually look at those and say, okay, where am I not trusting myself? Ooh, yes. Good question. You know, because that's really what that question is. You know, when we say, hey, I'm worried that I'm not going to have enough money. Well, do we trust ourselves that we can actually create that? If we worry if I'm not going to have enough clients, right? We've got people listening that are are, um, entrepreneurs and, and our coaches. If we worry that we won't have enough clients, well, what is it within us that we don't trust to be actually able to go out and and connect with those clients. Good question. You know, and, and that's literally what this comes down to. If we believe that there will never be enough love, what are we not trusting within ourselves mm-hmm. to show that kind of love for us? Exactly. Yeah, the work gets to be done here first every time. Yes, yes. And when we're looking for answers outside of us, that's when we start to fall to control, to temptation, to addiction, to all of these habits that really cause us to spiral into this really, really deep self-destructive hole. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, you know, we, and again, like we're, we're, we're really, we're, we're kind of like on this just vibe and wavelength here and I love it, but like, what would you think would help bring like some of those answers up? Yeah. So I, so I feel really strongly about, um, speaking the language of your soul Mm. because your soul does not speak the way we're talking right now. Yeah, it doesn't. That's not how, that's not how it speaks. It is very, um, 
archetypal and symbolic and this ancient. Our soul speaks to us through symbols and imagery and feelings. Mm -hmm. And if we don't trans, if we don't know how to translate that stuff, then it's just stuff. And we're confused, like what's happening inside of me. And I don't know. And, and you have to, you have to learn the language of your soul, which is why I'm so passionate about archetypes, because mm -hmm. this is how your soul reveals who you are to you through these, through these archetypal patterns. And when you, when you learn about it, then you can see the pattern inside yourself. Oh, I've always shown up in these kinds of ways. And then when you see that there's actually multiple archetypes inside of you that are interacting in a certain way that make you a completely 100% unique individual because of the way that those interact, like someone else could have the same top 12 archetypes as you, but then you've got your next tier of 12 and your next tier of 12, right? And they're all mm -hmm. interacting in their own unique way. And when you, when you get it, then you can get who you are and you can also communicate with your soul because you're using that same language, right? Mm -hmm. And so this is how you get, this is how you get the awareness. This is the way you do the work. You learn the language and you speak the language and then you develop that self-trust and self-love. Yeah. And you know, and that's true. I really do. I love that piece that like one of the ancient languages is actually emotion. Cause mm -hmm. if you think about it, you know, anytime that I personally have received personal revelation from God, it always comes first and foremost as an emotion. And then it filters into words. You know, if I if 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 I'm like actually going to break that down into different pieces. And so when we actually listen to our feelings, you know, I'm I'm actually gonna back that truck up for just a second. When we don't listen to our feelings, we're actually disconnecting from our soul. Yes. You know, and that's <laughs> that's trust them. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, like it's a disconnect from our soul. And so, like, even anger, like, all of these emotions, they're not bad. Acting upon anger, like, I did when I threw the metal chair at my husband's head. I was <laughs> not a proud moment in my life. I will say that. That that was not okay. But the anger Control your itself, reaction. Don't yes. control the feeling itself. Yes. yes. Control the reaction. Exactly. You know, but when I, when I'm feeling something, that is an invitation to listen yes you know that is a listening invitation and if we can really listen we can start to understand that hey i'm seeing a pattern here like every single time i feel resentful it's because of some sort of a boundary that i haven't put in place right yeah or every single time that i feel tempted it's because there's a worry right before it you know, I mean, deep wisdom is gained by listening to your emotion. Yes. And this is part of the reason, like, you know, this is what I do is I've been listening to my emotions for 10 years now and listening to what they've been teaching me. And also, you know, and taking in the filter from the Lord and like having him teach me about what this is saying. Mm -hmm. And from that, goodness gracious, I've built a coaching business. Right. Awesome. That's and it's super, it's super cool. And it's like. I will I, like anybody that asks me, like when I come, when I tell them about the seven pillars and like what I do, you know, I'm like, let me just, let me just start out from the very beginning. I am not smart enough to figure this stuff out on my own. I, I'm just saying that right now. 
this is all inspiration yes. from the Lord, right? It is him and his brain that is getting to work through me. But I am wise enough to listen. Yes. And that's all I have to be. And then once we figure that out, now this is the key piece here. Once you figure that out, then all of a sudden now you're on to your mission and purpose. Why you're here. And it's like there's other coaches on this planet that are talking about self-love and betrayal and like how to heal and all of these things. And a lot of them bring in a gospel centered perspective. Mm -hmm. Right. But my mission is uniquely crafted for the people who uniquely need it. You know what I mean? The people that hear you. Yeah. And resonate with you because of the kind of, creature that you are uniquely in this world with your with your uh, assortment of powers that make up your soul Mm -hmm. you're going to resonate with similar kinds of people that no one else could talk to them in a way that they would get it except for you yeah I have my people that they're going to hear it from me and it's going to click like oh I get it now I read all these books I listened to all these other people and it didn't quite click but then I say it in a way that it clicks for them. Yep, exactly, exactly. And that's the thing. Like, our, the things that we feel are holding us back right now, maybe aren't really holding us back. And mm-hmm. I know, like, and I say this not, not to downplay, like, anybody's experience, because my experience was still very real, you know, and it's still very important. And it's still, I, I, I actually cherish the, the, the stuff I've gone through, because it, with my trials came a deep education that I couldn't have gotten any other way. So I'm very, very grateful for the things that I've been given in this life. And those trials never were trials. They were always miracles at the very beginning unfolding into something more beautiful. If I would just be patient and let them unfold. Mm. And so my peace like, and I think this is also Bonnie's message today is that once we shift into these more anchoring, loving discussions with ourselves, money kind of tends to figure itself out. Relationships kind of tend to figure themselves out. Uh, life kind of just tends to figure itself out because we are now approaching it from a loving perspective. Yeah. From an authentic perspective. Yeah. The very truth, authentic. From the truth. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and I love the idea of archetypes too. Like, um, I, a while ago, I, I put together like, um, several different Greek goddess archetypes, you know, because there's like so many different, uh, characteristics within the Greek goddesses and, you can kind of feel like some of those same kind of characteristics inside of you and same weaknesses and stuff. It's powerful. Yeah. That's why it was so powerful to the Greeks and the Romans. Mm-hmm. They read their souls resonated with certain frequencies of power that those mm-hmm. goddesses and goddesses represented. Yeah, exactly. And it's still powerful today. Now I still believe in the one and only true God. Right. But, but I it, think it, brings it to earth a little bit like it makes yeah it, it does more relatable than just yeah it does 
Yeah. <laughs> it does. It does. I agree. I agree. And that's like, and that's, that's no. like a whole other discussion, you know, like bringing God into the relate into the relatable bits, but we don't worship those things, but we know it helps. But us it, 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 yeah. And it helps you understand that you are a goddess, mm-hmm. you know, and that is, that is like the biggest piece here. So yes, <laughs> I love this. Now, Bonnie, you were talking about uh, a freebie that you had created oh, yes. that you can, uh, offer my people. Yeah, I have a gift for everyone in Aaron's audience. I've created a fun quiz and it's called How Mean Is Your Inner Critic? So it's just 13 questions. It asks you about different ways you talk to yourself and then you'll get you'll get a result at the end and it will peg you in one of four categories. So I've I've put together four different archetypes of of inner of how your inner critic could be showing up from popular movies. And so you can see which one you get. And then, and then to go on from there, uh, you can take that information and I give you three suggestions for how you can up-level your self-talk. So depending on the result you got, you can implement three different tools to, to, to make your self-talk as good as it can be. Cause even if you get, even if you get the top result, right? There's always, there's always improvement that you can make. There's always something more you can do. Yeah. And, and it's, it's a, it's a, I think it's really fun to just get in there and look at how you tick. And Mm -hmm. so I think you'll have a lot of fun with this quiz. Um, I tell my story a little bit there as well uh, to kind of put it, to kind of put it into context. So to get that, just go to, um, I've got a link, uh, bit.ly. So bit.ly, uh, that's L-Y, slash inner critic quiz. And between uh, between those words is a hyphen. So inner hyphen critic hyphen quiz. Okay. So I'm sure Aaron will put it somewhere. Yeah, I'll put that in the, in the description. description, in the link yeah. below. Okay. So just go there and you can download the PDF and have fun with it. Fabulous. Really, truly fabulous. Well, Bonnie, thanks so much for being on the show today. This was a really, really fun, wonderful discussion talking about self-love, talking like about that self-talk and, and, and that inner critic and learning how to make her your inner best friend. You know, what a beautiful, yes. beautiful con- concept. Okay. Um, if anybody wants to come and follow you, where do they do that? Yeah. So if you go to that, link for the quiz. Mm-hmm. It'll give my contact information on there. Um, so, or you can go on my Facebook. It's Bonnie Roberts. Um, I've got my personal page. I've got my page um, called to aspire is my, is my coaching page. And then, but yeah, just go, go get the quiz and then I will send you out some emails and those emails will tell even more of my story, give you more tools. So that I think that would be the easiest way. Perfect. Okay. But so I am to- I'm so excited to be with you at Rejuvenate You. Now and- that I know you a little bit, I'm <laughs> like even more excited. It is through. awesome. I I am really excited. And like the people that I've met so far and like the connections that we get to make, like this is going to be awesome. Yes. You know? Truly, because we're already going to be like creating such like we've just created such a friendship and, you know, and helping each other out. And and, like that's really going to make a 
massive impact on the people that are coming to rejuvenate you. hundred percent. Yeah. So it's, it's already, it's already awesome. And I, I'll say this, I have done events before in the past with, with other event coordinators and things. And, um, this is the first time I've ever seen this amount of collaboration and this amount yes. of connection and this amount of, of love between like the people that are coming. And like, that is just totally going to make such a transformational experience to the people. We're unified. We're yeah. one, purpose. one purpose, one message. Like it's going to be so cool. And I'm, I will say this too, that if you guys are, any of you listeners are looking for a free ticket, reach out to me. I've got some freebies for you. Wow. So yes, I do. I've got free tickets. So, uh, let me know if you guys are interested in those and then uh, we'll have Bonnie back. Cause I think we've got some really fun things we can chat about. Yes. So, okay. <laughs> I think we could talk all day if we tried. <laughs> yeah, we probably could It'd be a very long podcast, right? <laughs> we could do that. Yeah. All right, everyone until next week from my heart to your heart. I'll see you on the other side, guys. Bye. Okay, my loves, I know there are a lot of you that are out there that are really wondering how do I even set boundaries anymore. Maybe you didn't grow up with great boundaries. Maybe boundaries weren't really modeled well for you, or maybe you were told that you cannot have boundaries. Maybe you're tired of being gaslighted in your relationships, and you're tired of feeling crazy all the time and guilty for trying to make a difference in your life. If this is you, then I want you to come schedule a call with me. Let's chat about the Unashamed Image Program. The Unashamed Image Program is geared towards you specifically. I am going to be helping you from November 7th through February 13th. I am personally going to train you how to not feel crazy when someone is gaslighting you, how to be able to stand your ground, to keep your boundaries intact, and to also see through the bullcrap. I am also going to be teaching you how to set really confident boundaries, boundaries that you can really rely on. And I'm going to help you communicate them in a way that really makes sense. Basically, I'm going to help you live a life free of shame, and on your terms. If you are ready and you are done feeling all the shame and guilt for trying to set boundaries, if you are not willing to live another moment the way you are right now and in somebody else's shadow, then this is the time to schedule that call with me it's completely free, no pressure, just love, just support. If you're ready to live the unashamed life, schedule that call. Let's get you in the Unashamed Image program, my loves. From my heart to your heart. Bye. Hey guys, thanks so much for hanging out with me today and listening in on this podcasting episode. Don't forget to tune in next.
week. It's gonna be awesome.